0: This is episode 105 of Reconcile the Isle.
1: What on earth is going on? Rocket Man? Puerto Rico, Russia, 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 Russia. Eight accusers, several allegations,
0: thousands of cases, Charlottesville,
1: horrific shooting, deadly school shooting, the third deadly mass shooting in a week. Category four, California wildfires.
0: Entire ecosystems are collapsing,
1: government shutdown. I've never seen this country divided like this. This is astounding to me. Reconcile the Isle.
0: Welcome to Reconcile the Isle, where my characters and I are figuring out how we can have meaningful dialogue about difficult topics. My name is Lauren LoJudice. Today, we're welcoming special guest Neil Rubenstein. Now, Neil doesn't do drugs. He's never had a sip of alcohol. So it may come as a bit of surprise when the Long Island comedian references past occupations like owning a brothel, or running an illegal poker room. It's a dynamic that makes Neil both incredibly interesting and incredibly funny, something that served him well when his role on a Spike TV show as a gambling expert introduced him to the world of stand-up comedy. Stand-up was more than an outlet. It straightened out his life. I accidentally became a good role model, he says. Now, Neil doesn't shy away from discussing his former life of crime. Though he credits comedy with in some ways saving his life, His past experiences inform his understanding and his art. They also inform his work ethic. His dedication and humor have earned him accolades, including runner-up in 2017 Long Island Laugh-Off and the main event of the World Series of Comedy. Today, we're going to talk a lot about Neil's YouTube series, That's Not Okay. If you feel misunderstood when you want to point out something offensive or you like to play with edges and you always get burned and feel misunderstood, then this episode is for you. Stay around until the end to hear about this episode's giveaway. And you can always sign up at laurenloge.com slash podcast to get the link with all the wonderful things that me and my guests give away for free to subscribers. And you'll get reminders when we publish this every other week. Today, Melania is going to do the interview. My co-host Melania Trump, are you ready? Oh, I am very ready to talk to a comedian. I've been telling the jokes have you seen do you notice uh not really melania well i made that anti-bully campaign all right let's go to the interview with melania and neil rubenstein welcome neil to the podcast reconcile the isle so i first learned about you because of your youtube series called that's not okay so tell me about what is that's not okay
1: First of all, thank you, Miss Madam First Lady, for having me on the show. Uh That's not okay is uh a YouTube series where I just highlight the lowlights of pop culture. Uh started with Three's company, uh, because it just that show feels so like wholesome and like all the all the gags in your memory are uh you know, wholesome and fun loving. And then upon further examination, it's like pretty brutal. A lot of just full on sexual assault and harassment, a lot of attempted rape, which is crazy. But like at least once this season, a girl is running for her life. from oh a man. Uh, mm. And it's just crazy to think we never, we never paid that any attention. And, mm. uh, So now I just, uh, I don't know, I'm not part of the cancel culture or anything. I don't want to see anything get censored. I'm 100% free speech, but um, I'm just pointing out some stuff that, you know, we didn't get here all at once. We slowly, as a culture, we slowly, slowly got to this place where uh, men do not respect women. We just, Hmm. they don't do it. They hadn't done it. And here's some points. And I do some stuff from the 70s and 80s, like like Reese's Company. And I do some stuff that's more current, like 40-year-old virgin and Tropic Thunderwear. It's like, this is very recent stuff and we're still just so disrespectful.
0: Mm. So what was the reaction maybe that you hoped for in these That's Not Okay?
1: I didn't really have a... That's the thing, man. I didn't... Oh, pardon me. Uh, That's the thing, Madam First Lady. I didn't have anything like that in mind. I didn't know what the reaction was going to be. I certainly didn't think people were going to have as strong of a reaction as they have. A lot of people get real uptight about it. And it says right there on the YouTube clips, I say I love the show. I'm not saying anything. Uh, about the show, I'm just saying, isn't it interesting that we thought this was okay? It's not mm. okay.
0: So they get and people um, are... Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Well, they get tight in the up. Um, what way? So what way they get all uptight?
1: Yeah. So so people like uh, will call me, you know, a social justice warrior or a, a liberal snowflake or all these things, and it's like they're getting so. They get so defensive, like they'll single out like it'll be a six minute episode of, you know, 10 second clips and they'll single out one where a guy hands a girl a rose and says something cheeky and they'll be like, well, what's wrong with that? And it's like, well, maybe there's nothing wrong with that. But what about the attempted rape in the scene before it or the the scene after it where you can see? that the actress doesn't want to be grabbed the way that she's being grabbed. Hmm. And it's just, it's interesting to me that people will get uptight about and want to defend little things. But I'm, I'm not saying little things. I'm saying in overall, this is a little wacky that we're okay with this.
0: Hmm. And how do you deal with a disagreement when people don't see what you're trying to do? Oh, I don't care doesn't bother me <laughs> so uh, do you engage in the conversation have, or something do you well
1: so, sometimes so i have the comments set so that i have to approve the comments mm. and i'll still approve most comments like they if someone's just being outright vulgar or violent i won't approve it but in most cases, the guy's just calling me an F-word or a homo or whatever. I just, I let it know. You know, mm. like I, I post it. And I'll respond to some of them like, you know, occasionally someone will be like, oh, why are you so triggered? Why are you so triggered? And I'm like, why are you so triggered? <laughs>
0: like, mm. I, I
1: didn't,
0: you know, like. <laughs> so they are triggered by watching a video in which you are highlighting sexual harassment and they are surprised.
1: Yeah, and they're like, There's nothing wrong with this. And it's like, all right, well, if you think there's nothing wrong with this, there's something wrong with you. There's Mm -hmm. something wrong with this. I'm not saying it shouldn't be allowed. I'm not saying it shouldn't be on TV. I'm not saying the jokes aren't funny. I'm just saying that's not how men should act towards women. That's all. That's really all.
0: So you're saying it's getting worse. So have you looked at the movies of the 30s or the 40s and investigated that?
1: Well... I don't think it's gotten worse. I just think it's interesting that it still exists. The 30s and 40s, there's people slapping their girlfriends or wives. There's a lot more physical violence towards women mm. and the earlier you go. Mm. I think it's interesting when something as recent as, like, uh, I did 16 Candles, which is, like, in the early 80s. Oh, Revenge of the Nerds too. Revenge of the Nerds of the early 80s I mean, he rapes a girl He straight up Rapes a woman And we root for him We root for him He's the good guy And he gets the girl in the end Mm. The girl that he raped Sexually assaulted Sexually harassed Invasion of privacy Sold photos Of her naked without her permission And then raped her and he gets her in the end of the movie.
0: Wow. So do you think then we we laughing for so many years at these, the three's company, we're laughing at the assault and in the range of the nerds, we are rooting for the person who did the raping. Do you think then that causes confusion now? People don't know what's what.
1: Yeah. So that's the thing that I notice in the comments the most is people are like, we didn't learn how to behave from this show. And I get that. We don't learn how to behave from a television show. But because something so widely popular exists, it normalizes something. That's what I think the issue is, is that these things normalize it, where we're like, we know it's wrong, but we're like, eh, we could get it. It's okay. This one time.
0: Oh, now you're making me feel guilty, Neil. I said the grab the pussy was just boy talk. Okay, we move on so that I, <laughs> oh, I feel
1: bad. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's a really good example is like, he says and does these things and everyone's just like, oh, that's him being him. And it's like, yeah, but if we just brush that off, what else are we going to brush off? We end up overcorrecting the wrong direction. I don't want to see anything get cancelled or taken off the air or I don't want anything like that I want everyone to be able to work and make money and and create whatever they want to create but there's a point where we overcorrect, and it's like this guy gets away with what he gets away with so then when Joe Biden is too huggy we're like oh he can't hug like that it's like yo man look around
0: <laughs> yes. Like, yes.
1: don't punish this guy. Punish that guy if you want to punish. Somebody. Yes.
0: So uh, what I think about too, because I am a traditional woman, and you know, I I marry my trumps so I took his last name, stopped working, and became completely financially dependent. I wonder, like, I like the traditional man. Then what is traditional man? Is the grabbing of the pussy part or no? Like, what is tradition? <laughs>
1: uh, I yeah, I don't know, man it's it, it should be changing you know
0: yes uh, so is the like, raping oh, part of the tradition i guess that's the question like what is what can be the nice way in the traditional way
1: well i mean yeah society is our society our modern society is based on rape culture not yes. just here a lot of places i mean i don't, I don't know i don't know yes. i don't know how to i don't know how to respond to a lot of that like we we just have to we just have to treat each other better as people. Like, forget men, women. We have to just be better to each other. We have to respect each other's boundaries and respect each other's decisions.
0: Hmm. So your series, That's Not Okay, really has highlighted this disagreement with people and not understanding and how the need that we do need to change things and rethink some of the ways that we interact. Now, I'm quite curious. You had other life, other than being comedian, doing tours all over, is you were doing the poker rooms and the brothels. So, I'm sure you had yeah. people united from different backgrounds over a common interest. So, when you brought these people with different backgrounds together, did you be able to get... How did you get them to get along very well?
1: The common theme in my entire life has been to gather people for entertainment purposes. So whether it's working with bands or being in a band or running a poker room or running a brothel or being a comedian, the goal is come have fun. Poker ends up getting a little gross because people are losing rent in in what should be a much more friendly situation. Mm. The brothel... You know, this is about having fun. It's a woman's right to choose to sell her body. I never understood. I still don't understand how rich, old, white men get to regulate any decision a woman <laughs> gets to make. But, yeah, when I ran the brothel, you know, we weren't dealing in sex trafficking. We were talking, you know, it was women who wanted to do this kind of work, whether they were strippers before it or just doing porn or whatever it was
0: yes well but then the customers that came to those um, I'm assuming you had different backgrounds coming
1: yeah I i, I kind of joked it was Noah's Ark it was like two of everything
0: and then there how like, did you get them to get along
1: well you just I mean people mind their own business usually you know when you're in the poker room you don't want to start trouble because you don't know how insane the guy next to you is because it's a bunch of degenerates and or if like you know the person running it is out of his mind, um, and then with the brothel, it's like the guy's got a goal when he comes in there; he's not going to stray from that goal, you know. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so you know, I think about a lot how we can finally get people from different backgrounds to to have conversations again about the difficult topics. And is there anything you think about from your time in all of your entertainment venues? Just how we can actually have conversations again?
1: I don't know, because I, I lose my temper, too. So I don't know, man.
0: Do we always have the, the, the ladies of the night around to calm everyone's hormones? Is that is that the solution?
1: <laughs> it might be. Uh, no, because th- th- those guys aren't going to take those women seriously when it comes to their opinions you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. that's the craziest thing about it is uh, once a girl undresses the average american guy probably the average guy not american you know crosses her off the uh the brain list and it's just you know it's just sexual and that's like that's always been crazy to me too is like i don't know man because I don't, I don't, I don't judge people on their sins. People make mistakes in their lives, and if you think you're morally superior to someone else, you are out of your mind. There's no, there's no shot. Everyone, everyone can justify all their own choices. Yes, it, it's uh, I don't know, man. I, I I wish, I wish I knew. You know what I mean? Like I can only do for me and for the people willing to have an open mind about those ideas. I can't do for someone who's going to be triggered that, uh, you know, that I'm offended by, a, by an attempted rape. Yes. You
0: know? Yes. Yeah. So it seems like the, the main thing for people to have the conversation is to, to not be morally superior because yeah. then you can actually have an equal dialogue.
1: Yeah. That's uh yeah, it's a really strong point. That's a great point it's that it's that it's that moral high ground when someone thinks you know God's speaking to them then they they think they have you, and it's like well, man, I just believe what I believe yes, you know,
0: yes, absolutely now how do you think you take all of this into your stand up because i've I've listened to your stand up many times, and you like to play with people's assumptions, i see and You know, talk about difficult topics on stage.
1: Yes, thank you for noticing.
0: I I try to be best. What can I say?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's just because I think people people are willing to listen to other people's ideas if it's presented softly. I say putting it on a pillow. Like I can make an offensive joke if I first rested on a pillow (laughs) Um, yes so what i mean by that is uh if i'm going to say if i'm going to make fun of an indian person i will first establish that i am in awe of how intelligent indian people are yes and then i will sneak in a racist joke
0: and how do you find the crowds respond to that
1: I, if you put it on a pillow, they're fine.
0: Have you ever had people get upset or?
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well. I, I'm still learning, you know? Yes. So when people get upset, I take that to the lab. You know, I go, well, what what did I do wrong here to upset them? Why did I, why did I make a mistake here? I, I have a joke about like a one-armed girl. And the first couple of times I told it, it got groans and moans and people were upset. But then I figured out a way to tell it where now it just gets laughs. And I had a woman come up to me afterward and be like, you're so right. My mom has one arm and you're so right about her. And it's like, <laughs> all right, well, that was unexpected. But I guess, you know, I, guess I, I figured it out. I solved that. Uh, Rubik's Cube of a joke.
0: I haven't laughed in five years. That was so funny. Okay. Um, (laughs) So why might you, I'm curious, your decision, you go down the road to maybe get on the spectrum of maybe a racist joke, whether it is racist, not up to debate, but like you said, it might be a racist joke. Why do you do those jokes? It's not
1: racist. It's
0: reductionist. I am
1: 100% a reductionist.
0: What is reductionist will, for the um for the listeners?
1: Like the expression the Eskimo brother is like reductive. The phrase Eskimo brother is just a reductive statement. It's reducing the whole culture of Eskimo to just the fact that sometimes they bang each other's girlfriends.
0: <gasps> they do. Oh. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I don't know, but that's like a stereotype.
0: Don't tell my Trumps he'll go up to Alaska. Okay.
1: He'll become Inuit. (laughs) But you you understand what I'm saying? They were like, uh, people think Jews control the media, which is totally reductive. It's reducing a very complex culture and religion down to a lie that people assume is correct. From propaganda and stereotypes. Yes. But because people understand it, I will go to it because it is reduced to the base understanding. Like, we all have these assumptions about you or your husband. And so I'll go to those things because people understand it. It might not be what I think or how I really feel but it's humor it's i I will reduce it down to the bare essentials so that you get the joke i'm telling i'm not saying asians can't drive i'm sure they're fine everyone's a bad driver but because everyone here already assumes asians can't drive i will make that joke and then and then tell you you're wrong about it
0: Got it. So you go down direction and give twist to show that that reduction is the wrong thing.
1: Yeah, 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 like don't like like you thought that. I didn't think that I said it. You already have the idea in your head. Like I, I might say I might say someone's name and it sounds like a black name. And I'll let the audience get to that conclusion because they're reductionist.
0: I get because
1: that. humor is re- reductive. So I'll let them get to it, and then I'll be like,
0: "No, that—that's a white girl." White. Yeah. What are you doing? I see. I do the same, and I do the stand-up of the comedy, and I talk about growing up in Slovenia, but it's not actually how I grew up in Slovenia. I just make things up because Americans don't even know. But then I make fun of the fact that they think everyone in Eastern Europe grew up pushing an ox cart. So.
1: Yeah, because that's what, right? That's what we already think. So it's easy to get them to go to that place with you, laugh at the joke. And then you can tell them how you feel about
0: that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And then when you find that you might, maybe the audience take a different way and you feel like maybe you lost them for a moment, how do you get them back in that situation?
1: I don't know. Just head down, keep going. I I don't know. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Mm -hmm. So I I don't really have like a, a back pocket tool for that. It's just, if I lose them, I'm just going to keep telling jokes and hopefully get them back. If I see that they're not feeling the edgier stuff, I'll, I'll back off. I have enough non-edgy stuff.
0: So you change your plan on stage based on what you think the audience can handle?
1: Well, what they're handling.
0: Ah, yes.
1: I don't make any assumptions on what they can handle. I'll I'll, I'll tell my jokes. And if they're not receptive to a certain line of you know whatever then i'll shift gears because i I don't want to bump people out that's not what i do this i do this to entertain people i do this for the laughs Mm -hmm. so if they're not laughing i got to figure out how to get them laughing
0: yes absolutely do you feel like your stand-up and your the thing you do with the video kind of those goals have kind of come together? in one, or it's two separate things, what you're doing, the video, and with the stand-up?
1: Uh Well, they're two different things, but they both achieve the same goals. That I want people, I want to push the envelope, I want to question norms, I want people to question norms, and I think especially with the That's Not Okay, it's very funny, and it's very entertaining, and then also, oh, my God, I can't believe this was okay for so
0: yes. long. Yeah, and you know I what I, I... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Nia. No, no. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. What I'm saying is so great about both the things you do is you're not afraid for people to think things of you. So you go down a path or you make the video calling something out and people will have a strong reaction. And you are totally okay with that, which I identify it, with, of course.
1: It's so funny to me. The people react to me on That's Not Okay, and then the exact opposite to my stand-up. That's interesting. you know what I mean? Yes. They'll watch one clip of That's Not Okay where I don't exist. I'm just the curator. And they'll go... This guy is a snowflake. He's into cancel culture. He's uh, he, He's got his panties in a bunch. He's easily triggered. He's a millennial. He's a, he's a homosexual. Like, all these things. And then I watch my stand-up, and I'll be like, oh, this redneck, uh, you know... He thinks it's funny to make fun of people with one arm and he's being uh, racist towards whatever. And it's like, yeah, all
0: those. Interesting. And I wonder if it's because you, you're a white dude with beard and you have a more of a rock and roll look. And if they just assume things.
1: Yeah. I mean, people assume all sorts of stuff about all sorts of people.
0: Don't I know it? Okay. (laughs) All right. So, anything else you want to add? Would you like to say about what we're talking about?
1: No, no. I, I just uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to, you know, discuss discuss this uh, in, in depth.
0: Yes. Neil, what do you have coming up? Would you like to let us know one where to follow you and two anything exciting you would like to share?
1: Please subscribe to the YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com slash Neil Rubenstein Reviews It. I am positive if you Google any combination of Neil Rubenstein reviews, that's not okay. Any combination of those words, I am positive you'll find me. Please subscribe or go to neilrubenstein.com. There's links to all that stuff and stand-up dates. Please subscribe to me and come see me live.
0: Okay. And where can they find the info on your shows?
1: NeilRubinstein.com. Yeah, okay. You can find everything. Okay. You can find all the YouTube stuff there too.
0: It's the um, one-stop shop for the Neil of the Rubinstein. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Um, thank you, Neil, for joining us and have a be B-Best day. Thank you. So, Melania, maybe you can teach Donald some of what you learned about using comedy for good. Why would I do that? Because then it would help him come to his senses? Oh, I've learned to ignore his senses long time ago. What? Oh, you want me to do that because it would be helpful for you? Mm. See, I don't do the things for the other's people. Mm -mm. Okay, so for the rest of us, here are a few things to keep in mind. Listen, laughing can normalize terrible things, and we got to point that out because it's not okay. And people will come after you on the internet if you're playing with edges, and you got to expect it and just take it with a grain of salt. And consider if you're going to tell a joke that might be on the edge, put it on a pillow. Let me know how it goes. Before we go into the I don't care to you segment, I'd like to tell you about a few things. First, I want to encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It really, really helps other people find us. Second, I want to thank everyone who made this podcast possible. Thank you to Sophia Reyes-Jones for editing, to Devin Edwards for creating the intro, Maddie McLennan for making the podcast art, and a shout out to Alan Waters, Danny Holtz, and Craig Franson for helping me to conceptualize this podcast. And of course, thank you to Neil Rubenstein for being such a wonderful guest. You can follow this podcast on my Twitter and Instagram at Lauren L-O-G-I. And do consider signing up at laurenlogicom slash podcast to get the free stuff from me and my podcast guests. This episode, we're giving away free downloads of Neil's EP before it's available on Spotify and iTunes. This is super generous of Neil to offer us. Now go to the podcast VIP page to find out how to claim your prize. Only the first five people to email me get it. And if you want to catch one of my shows, I do stand up in character as Melania Trump and have a tour coming up actually next May and June. Then go on over to laurenlogy.com slash shows and find out when to catch me live. And do join my list over at laurenloge.com to find out about the bonuses I'm offering with a pre-order of Inside Melania, what I learned about Melania Trump by impersonating her before it comes out in March. Listen, we have to learn how to have public dialogue again. The world's on fire, and we've got to talk about it. And there is no better way to understand the importance of this by reading the headlines. So, Melania, give us the top headlines in the I Don't Care to You segment. Here's all the things that I Don't Cares Do You about. Iran restricted mobile access over social media posts. Wildfires are surging across Australia. The Taliban ambushed a peace convoy in Afghanistan, arresting 26 activists. But I don't care, do you?